Welcome once again to More Football, your home for all the great NFL action alongside Vox Lombardi, Richard Johnson, and Adnan Burke. It's great to have you with us. we got lots coming up, not only great games, but great games to recap as well. In addition to that, the trade deadline has come and gone. We'll dive into that. But Richard, I want to start with you. Listen, it's election week here in America. We know the show obviously is being broadcast in Canada. Everybody in Canada watching the election as well. We're not going to get into the politics of it, but how about John King? I mean, putting together a Hall of Fame performance with touchscreen, spewing information. I want to vote with you guys. Can we get John King on more football? I need Vach at his own magic wall, right? I need Vach sort of breaking down the standings, putting all his takes, showing me, showing me division by division, right? Team by team, breaking down the rosters, all that type of stuff. Vach on the magic wall would be great television. I just need everybody to understand how hard it is for talk for seven hours and know every county, every city, all the numbers, and not stumble one time. I can get on more football, miss one name, and stumble just talking 30 seconds, right? But 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 you see all this greatness, yeah. all this greatness for seven hours, not getting tired of drinking his tea during the breaks. It was magical. Magical. You deserve followers, sir. My, my man did not have a stool. He, I don't know how he had arch support in those dress shoes. I'm completely with Vodge. We stumble, we stumble our way through it. This guy was absolutely flawless. All right, that's enough of our media hand clap. As far as the trade deadline was concerned, the major move here, Vodge, I'll start with you. Quan Alexander going to the Saints. Your reaction to this, New Orleans beefing up their run towards potentially, could be Drew Brees' final year, maybe a second last year. What do you make of Quan Alexander going to New Orleans? I don't like to follow beat writers to get reactions. I like to go on social media and find fans, and they'll really tell you what's going on about a player. And they love Quan Alexander. They love what he brought. They love his fire, his attitude, personality, and what he did on the field. But that money, that money is a big problem. And he has some injury issues as well. But I always, I always go back to this. I'm draft guy. And I have this analogy, you know, that, that teams sell their souls sometimes when they go get these big-name players and they put big-name money into them just for the sake of of making one run to the Super Bowl. I said earlier here, it's just like vacation. It's, it's when you go and you don't come back. Mostly that's because these teams sell their soul. So Quan Alexander, I mean, yeah, he's a top-tier linebacker, Pro Bowl linebacker, but can you take that hit? So what you want to do is pay your guys. You draft well and pay your guys. Jimmy's not one of your guys. Richard Sherman wasn't one of your guys. D4 is not one of your guys. So when you miss that Super Bowl, what happens is you go, okay, we got a lot of money sitting around, and I don't really know if we can sustain this, so now we got to start cutting bait. And when you cut bait, you know, you end up in situations like this. So it just happens that the Saints, you may be on a team in win-now mode. If you're going to make this Super Bowl, Drew Brees is 50, and, you know, Alvin's money, Michael Thomas's money. Sure, take this hit right now, but if you plan on, on being terrible moving forward, then it is what it is. And what's probably going to help you with that is when Drew Brees retires, Jameis Winston is only making $38 a year anyway, so <laughs> that's possibly what happens there. But they get a Pro Bowl linebacker for expensive, but we'll see. With the Saints, like, I, I, we talk about teams that are win now all the time, right? I, I think there are teams that are win now, and then there are the Saints. They can't, I, I don't think they could pay a janitor for the Superdome uh, after in the next league year. I mean, they are so far up against the cap over the whatever whatever we want to call it. The Saints, I'm just like, you know what? Chips in, chips all the way in. Win now, win yesterday. Do what you need to do because uh, you know they are they are in a, a, a sort of get it done now in, in a way that I don't think any other team in the league is. So that's fine, whatever. Get Quan Alexander in, figure out how to pay him later, which is what the Saints always do. Uh, you know, the, the way that they're able to sort of fudge the cap, mess with the cap, all that kind of thing. I think the the, the things are really going to come to roost next year when the cap actually maybe comes down for the first time, right? Cap goes up every year. 
cap may come down this year because of what's happened uh, in America and to the league and, and all that kind of stuff. So look, it, it, the Saints are deal with it later. And to, a, to an extent, I respect that. When you look at the trade deadline, I completely agree with what Richard was saying. That cap is going to come down next year. Plus, don't forget the COVID rules as well. When a team acquires a player, you got to wait a few days where they can be activated from the roster because of the COVID-19 rules. So I think that's one of the reasons why teams are a little bit skittish this year. But Richard, when you look at teams that should have made a move, I mean, the Green Bay Packers are certainly going to be criticized for not getting wide receiver help for Aaron Rodgers. What do you make of the Packers or perhaps other teams that you think should have addressed some needs? Look, the Packers, I guess, are never going to get wide receiver help for, for Aaron Rodgers you know it, it's a pipe dream for us you know I look at a team like the Jets right and and I say now look you want good players on your team you don't want to get rid of good players but they've already gotten rid of most of the good players there's only really one I think truly you know uh elite player on that roster I think it's Quinn Williams he was trade bait and and there were rumors that he could go and and you sort of think of Man, you know, the Jets, you are in teardown mode. You are going to get a top two draft pick this year. Why not try to augment that roster as best you can to turn the page right now? Uh, you know, I don't want to say defensive tackles are a dime a dozen, uh, particularly because I think Quinnen Williams' ceiling is so high. But I look at the Jets and I'm like, maybe you should have done a little bit more to amass picks and, and, and try to continue the tankathon you're on. Well, if I could just give you like a different angle of it, you know, Signing signing free agents is one thing, but in trades, it takes two, right? So, yeah, we're saying that, hey, the Packers should have gone to go get a receiver, but maybe with this season, COVID, things like that, with so much uncertainty, maybe no one was really willing to give up their receivers. If you're the Houston Texans, the rumor was, okay, could Will Fuller end up being a Packer guy? Okay, so that takes the, te the Texans to want to get rid of Will Fuller. And to be fair, that's the only option that Deshaun Watson really has right now that he has faith in right so i just think that's the that's the 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 one part that we're not thinking about because as a cowboys fan one of the rumors that we had was hey can we go get quentin williams and in my mind i'm like why would they want to give away a young great piece for cheap with three more cheap years on his rookie deal right so yeah the cowboys could have gone to go get him but the Jets just simply didn't give them away. One final thought on trade deadline, Vach, and that's Stephon Gilmore. I know that you were a little befuddled, as was I. Why would this be a big move? I guess it's because, listen, his contract's going to be up at the end of next year. Maybe you're not going to be able to re-sign him. Cap flexibility. We'll talk more about the Pats in a second. But just to give you a quick thought there on Gilmore not being dealt, because obviously the Pats want to win, and they feel like they still can win this year. I think that's the that's the same exact situation, right? Yeah, we could deal Gilmore and get something back, but that's the best cornerback in football. I'd rather just hold on to that guy. There have been reports that there hasn't been much movement or not much noise that has been quiet, but that's the best cornerback in football. There has to be a market for that dude somewhere. So maybe it's fake. Maybe it's just a hoax. Uh, and maybe they just weren't really trying to trade him. Sometimes what happens is, you know, they'll just, it's, it's kind of like fishing, right? Like we'll throw the bait out. If you'll give us three first round picks for Gilmore, I'll give you. Gilmore but for the most part I don't want to really get rid of that dude yeah I mean the Pat look we know Bill wants to win now right I mean you could we can talk about should they tank shit no Bill wants to win now Bill's Bill sees that they're what two and four two and five and like now nah. like uh Bill is Bill is uh Bill is comfortable and Bill is saying hey we're, we're gonna work and we're gonna get this thing turned around and to do that you need a guy like Stephon Gilmore so yes they shopped him they kicked some tires but 
Stefan Gilmore in your building is a lot better than Stefan Gilmore not in your building, right? Is it that simple? Well, let's turn our attention over to Baltimore. Huge showdown against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Pittsburgh emerges victorious 27-24. to We'll talk with the Ravens' D in a second, but offensively, Lamar Jackson, listen, you're going up against a great Steelers defense, and he had some issues. He definitely shot himself in the foot, and turnovers were a problem. In fact, overall, he's got the second-lowest completion percentage on throws outside the numbers. That's at 56%. Mitchell Trubisky is at 54%, and he's got seven turnovers so far. He had eight all of 2019. Put simply here, Rich, what's going on with Lamar on that Ravens offense? Look, Lamar was transcendent last season. I mean, call it what it was. He has regressed this season. I, I don't think you can sit here and say that he hasn't. Uh, obviously, still very good. Uh, the offense is still quite functional and can get the job done. I think you see the ceiling of Baltimore, I think, in this game, unfortunately, right now. That's the thing. I think they need some help outside. I think they're missing Hayden Hurst. The run game is not clicking. Uh, I, I think they need more production out of the running backs right now, or they need more out of the running game that's besides Lamar making magic with his feet. Um, but again, you know, we see some of the limitations. We saw it in the Titans playoff game. It doesn't mean they can't get to where they want to go in January, but it means that right now, Baltimore needs to figure out a way to take the next step on offense. Defense always catch up. They always catch up. Especially when you have an entire offseason to just obsess over Lamar Jackson. You find those small nuances in his game that, you know, you can expose. Like you said, though, Rich, when they're running the football, they're the best. They cannot be stopped when they're running the football. So it's my job as a DC to stop them from running the football. And, you know, it sounds easy, right? Just make Lamar Jackson throw the football. Okay, but you have to earn that, right? So when you stop the other running backs in that stable, you shut down Mark Andrews. He hasn't been what he's been. Then you force Lamar to throw the ball. I don't think he has a game over 200 passing yards this year. So that's going to be a problem for you. But what you said, though, the key word was ceiling, right? Going into this, uh, going into this week, the Pittsburgh Steelers were the best. They, they are the best football. They are the best team in the league right now, in my personal opinion, right? And they won, so they're still up there. So imagine what would have happened if you didn't have three turnovers by Lamar Jackson, right? So the Ravens could be the best team in the league, assuming that they just clean everything up. They don't make mistakes. They get back. They get back to run the football. That defense. We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but that defense did the best that they could in this shootout-type scenario whatnot, right? So if Lamar fixes the ball security and things like that, then we'll be good. I have a question, though, for the both of you, right? So Lamar needs help in the passing game, and I think Dez Bryant is going to come back. I don't expect Dez Bryant to be Antonio Brown or anything like that, but you're not getting anything from the Ravens receivers, like absolutely nothing. So can Dez Bryant give you something, even if he's only like a red zone target guy, maybe tight end? I mean, I, I think so. You need something in that passing game to sort of just differentiate the thing. That's the problem. Like, I, I think you've got a guy in Hollywood Brown that do only does one thing. Now, he does that thing very well, but he's not exactly, but he's not versatile. He's not very, you need something in the passing game to give you an outlet, right? And Dez on a quick slant over the middle. Come on now. We you watch. You tell me what that guy can do over the middle, right? Yeah. Bottom line is this for this Baltimore Ravens team. I think they're a playoff team, obviously a good defense, good talent, but unless Lamar can prove he can go vertical, they're not going to go deep into the playoff run. That's the final thought here when it comes to the Ravens. To zone. More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl. Plus, exclusive Red Zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. DAZN.
Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. D-A-Z-N. DAZN. That was the team they played the Pittsburgh Steelers and the larger issue of what constitutes a great defense. We're going to go through a few of these teams, but let's start it off with the Steelers here, guys. As Voss just said a second ago, he believes the Steelers are the best team in football right now. Unblemished record, obviously lots of weapons on offense and defense. Defensively, they gave up 24 points, though, against the Ravens. They're still considered a good defense. Uh, for your estimation, Richard, do you think the Steelers are the class of the great defenses in football right now? Or did that game open your eyes a little bit and you say, well, he did give up 24 to Lamar and company? Now, again, we have to remember what constitutes good defense in football in general, both college and pro. You guys know I'm a college guy. Uh, the GOAT, Nick Saban, a couple weeks ago even admitted it, right? It was a little bit of clarity when he said good offense is going to beat good defense. That's just the way the sport has trended. So you look at defenses and you say, okay, what constitutes, as I just asked, a good defense performance? It's basically hold them under 28 to 30, right? If you've got a good enough offense, and obviously the Steelers do have a good enough offense against most of their opponents, hold them under 30, hold them to 20, low 20s, or obviously the teens, and you're good. The days of shutouts are over. You know, I just think it's interesting. You know, the the best defenses are good versus the run. So how does that translate? It translates into shootouts. It translates into what you do versus the pass. I think it's interesting that the NFL has turned into Big 12 football, and we've been kind of alluding to it, just these teams that are really fantastic on offense, right? But it seems like your job on defense is just kind of hang in there. Like the 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 old Ravens days, 2000 Ravens days, th that doesn't exist anymore where you just average giving up 16 a game, where you just have six shutouts per season or something like that. That absolutely doesn't exist. So when we look at teams like the Seahawks, right, to where their offense is incredible, but their defense is the exact inverse of that. All they have to do is not be great, but just be opportunists. They just get a turnover here, make a big stop there. I actually got to pull it up here, if y'all don't mind. Uh, 38 to 25, 35 to 30, 31 to 23, 38 to 31. Those are Seahawks victories, but the other team got off too, right? So... At that point, how do you start to build defenses now? Do you only build to stop the run and hope in the past? Do you build towards, you know, drafting corners that, okay, we may not be technically sound, but we're risk takers and we get turnovers. I think it's going to, it's, it's, it, it will be interesting moving forward to see, you know, how teams fully acclimate and they get out of their own way because these old coaches never get out of their own way. But I think this is going to be a full blown offensive thing. Offensive, offensive draft guys are going to go through the roof, quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs because that's just what you got to do in the league these days. But it's just, it's it's a mindset, right? It's a mentality. The mentality is no longer shut down. The mentality is break serve, right? If you've got an 11 possession game, Vach, and we talk about 35 points, right? That's mm -hmm. uh, seven by five, 35, seven scores, right? So you've got to hold, right? You've got to defend or you've got to stop that team from scoring six or seven times out of those 11 possessions. That's kind of all you have to do. You've got to kind of understand that offenses are going to get theirs, right? You've got to trade threes for sevens, right? You've got to hold touchdown drives to field goals. You've got to limit the ceiling on how many points the other team can score because the assumption now in this NFL, in this college football, in this sport, is that offenses are just going to score. So you've got to limit the damage. Something well, you said that just really rang in my head. You said mindset. I got two examples. One, I'm going to make fun of the Eagles because the, the Cowboys almost uh, beat them with third string Ben DiNucci there. But there was a point to where 
to where their run game was just beating up on the Cowboys. And if, and if the Eagles would have just kept running the ball, then they would have won. Boston Scott was going to have a big day that day. But it's not like the Cowboys stopped the run. The Eagles just stopped running. So maybe it's a mindset to being like super aggressive there. Even, even if you look at Kansas City versus the Jets game, right? It's not like they just wanted to run the ball all over the place. We thought Le'Veon Bell was going to have a day versus the Jets. But Le'Veon and Clyde did not. But what happened was Pat Mahomes being aggressive, he ended up with five touchdowns that day. So maybe it is a mindset thing to just be more more assertive in the passing game, you know? But I'm glad you mentioned the Chiefs there, Vosh, because Kansas City, they have the third best scoring defense in football, tied for the league lead with 14 takeaways. To your guys' points, again, you have to be opportunistic, not necessarily be a team that has all the numbers. And how about a team like the Dolphins, Vosh? They're 20th in passing yards, 21st in rushing yards. But if you look at that team, you go, man, Coach Flores did a great job with that defense. Would you agree Miami is a good defense, despite the fact those numbers are in the 20s? Brian Flores needs an award because whenever you can be impressive with either Ryan Fitzpatrick or your young Tua Tonga Valoa, Tua's not ready yet. But if you can mm-hmm. be impressive, it got to be something. It got to be something. It's, and it's, and it's, 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 it's not like they have these super game-breaking, talented guys on offense neither. Now, we know that they went to go get a lot of guys on defense and they drafted just going straight for front seven. D-line, they went to go get linebackers, Byron Jones. My beloved Byron Jones got the best uh, batter the ball down celebration of all time. He holsters the finger there. Love Byron Jones. But you see him and Xavier Howard, they just come together and they just make a good thing. So, yeah, defense, opportunities, just putting your resources into it. And then maybe it'll carry your offense by Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tua Tonga-Velo. It makes sense. Yeah, I, I think the thing with the Dolphins, though, is remember, can't count on turnovers. Turnovers are not sustainable, right? They get four takeaways in that game against the Rams. That's great. That's candy. That's what you want, right? But you cannot mm-hmm. count on turnovers because of how they swing from game to game. Uh, it, the, the consistency is what your defense can do to limit scoring. And the Colts' offense is 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 not impressive. So you know defense is scary. <laughs> guys. Go ahead. Yes, no question about that. All right, let's go back to the New England Patriots. You mentioned Stephon Gilmore earlier, but the problem right now is the offense. Cam Newton, after a promising start to the season, sidelined after testing positive for COVID-19, and then he's just been brutal. I mean, he, he completely recognizes the fact he may have lost the starting quarterback job. His last three games, zero passing touchdowns, five interceptions, three fumbles, and one lost fumble. And that prompted head coach Bill Belichick to say the following on the cap issues. That's right. He's blaming the cap issues. We sold out. We won three Super Bowls, played in a fourth and played in an AFC championship game. This year we had less to work with. It's not an excuse. It's just a fact. Thanks to WEEI there for the sound. Richard, what do you make of this? Are you blaming the cap for the fact that your team stinks? I mean, it's it's GM Bill, right? And and this is actually the the plus of having the head coach that has the final signal personnel because he can do stuff like this where Basically, he is 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 calling a spade a spade and saying, hey, we've got these opt-outs. We could have obviously signed guys, but we are up against the cap, so we can't. So we can't augment the roster against the guys who opted out, the guys who got hurt, and the generational quarterback that we just lost. Um, you know, I think Cam will end up being fine, but Cam does not have a cast of characters around him. Why does Cam not have a cast of characters around him? Well, one, because the Patriots struggle to draft wide receivers, to put it uh, mildly. That's one issue that does fall on Bill. The other is they didn't have the cap to go pay free agent wide receivers. Again, it's a cap thing. And I think Bill's right. I don't necessarily think Bill is offering excuses. I think Bill is just sort of explaining the deal, Bosh. Yeah, like it's, I mean, it's, it's like who's there to help? 
Like, where are my guys? Some of your best guys that either left town, they play for other teams, or they just opted out this year, right? So, and this is one thing I hate about fans, right? If I could just take my second to just hate on fans for a second, right? Hmm. This is not a fair fight, you ungrateful Patriots fans, right? We just can't say, oh, well, we should have fired Bill and kept Tom Brady. Look at what Tom is doing and such and such. Will you stop that? That argument is unfair. They gave, they're giving the world to Tom Brady. Tom has the world. Defense, multiple running backs, multiple receivers, his favorite tight end target. Bill Belichick is taking the scraps and trying to make this thing interesting. Now, I know Bill Belichick took Matt Castle and he took Jacoby Brissett and he took Jimmy Garoppolo and he won games with those guys. But at least there was some sort of cast around them. Can we hold this debate? Can we hold this conversation till we give Bill some help? The caveat, I don't know how we're going to get Bill some help because they can't draft and they ain't got money to get people. So they just got to let Bill just figure things out the way that he normally does. But it's simply not a fair fight, and we just can't hold Bill to that standard. Bill is the greatest head coach in NFL history, but I don't think he can turn crap and turn it into sugar. It just, Bill's, it just, it just can't happen. Bill's earned a down year, right? The Patriots have earned a down year because of this generational transcendent success they've had for two decades right right the the, mm-hmm. the house is not on fire right now even if they don't make the playoffs this year calm down earned it will be yeah. back earned a down year maybe if he had an electronic urn he could kind of just turn things around but bottom line <laughs> but listen right but now. listen though watch this though one last one last point that we can move on i promise so we know that the patriots can't draft i just want to talk to the other 31 teams let's not make it easy for them because some, sometimes teams can't draft but the player that falls into them is just obvious we do right. not want new england to get trevor lawrence or justin fields oh so if God. y'all would just lose three games Please, just somebody take one for the team. If you're not yeah. going to the playoffs anyway, if you're a Dolphins, if it's just anybody, let the Patriots win so they don't get another dynasty for the next 20 or so years. Please. All right, knock on wood if you're with me. Uh, fourth most cap space heading into the 2021 offseason. Something to note there with the Wingham. All right, we're going to go rapid fire here now, fellas. Second half questions. Let's kick it off first off with the San Francisco 49ers. They've got over 15 players in the IR or PUP list. Richard, quite simply, what's going to happen to the 49ers? They're a good team, but it's a great division, and they're the walking wounded right now. Soon they could be the walking dead. I mean, this is just pretty quick. The years of wash, they're going to get lost in the sauce in the toughest division of football. It is what it is. Kyle Shanahan's got two years that are washes. Uh, two years that are washes, one that he went to the Super Bowl, right? Uh, you're going to take the upside there because of the mitigating circumstances in year one and now year three. We have the evidence that the Niners are worried about cap space. So when all those guys come back, they're going to have to pay them with what money? I think Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be there uh, very long. They may trade up and get a quarterback. All right, next up, how is Antonio Brown going to do in Tampa Bay? Listen, Tom Brady wanted this guy here. He's got familiarity with Bruce Arians. They patched up their relationship, according to Jay Glazer. And apparently the Bucs were shocked at how good a shape Brown is in. That's according to Jay Glazer. And he's reportedly staying at Tom Brady's house while he's in Tampa Bay. So I don't know if he's being treated like Shrek. He's an ogre right now in the basement being told what to do and wild things are done. But Vach, listen, the GOAT is saying, I'm taking care of him. He's my problem. He's my business. We're going to make this thing work. What do you think about AB and TB? Once upon a time, the Cowboys had this issue with Dez Bryant, and what they did was they hired a guy to keep around him. Just, hey, dude, stay focused. Hey, dude, stay out of trouble. Hey, dude, think about football. As long as there are the things that we love about him and the things that we dislike. We love the football player. We don't like the antics. We don't like the attitude. I hate his outlaw Josie Wales blonde mustache. As long as he keeps those things away and just focuses on on being the the best football player he possibly could be, he'll be fine. 
Very good Clint Eastwood reference. Um, uh, go ahead. Uh, uh, Rich, you want to chime in on A.B.? Yeah, I mean, look, the football has never really been in question with A.B., right? A.B. has always, they say, worked hard in practice. Obviously, they say he's in great shape now that he's in the building with, uh, with Tampa Bay. We sort of assume that he's at least semi-familiar with Bruce Arians' terminology from their time in Pittsburgh. He obviously has a rapport with Tom Brady, and Tom Brady obviously has stumped for this guy legitimately. Uh, it is, of course, the off-field stuff with Antonio Brown. Uh, I don't think you should have to have a babysitter for a grown man. I think a grown man should do what he is supposed to do in all facets of his life, particularly as it relates to women and potentially violence against women. But Antonio Brown on the football field is exactly what I think the Bucks think they are getting. Okay, next up here, who's getting fired? All right, We don't like to cheer for anyone to lose their jobs, but you start looking around the NFL – and you say, okay, you know what? Things are not going well, clearly, for Adam Gase and the New York Jets. Uh, Matt Patricia could be in danger in Detroit. Uh, Vach, what do you think? I mean, how many coaches you want to over, under, four and a half, three and a half, something like that? If Mike McCarthy doesn't get his stuff together, it's going to be him. I don't really agree with that, but I mean, fam, like, you got to do something. You got to show me something. And, you know, when it gets to a point to where it's not the player situation, the players are going to do what you ask them to do. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Mike McCarthy, it may or may not be you because the Joneses like to be right. They don't They don't want to be wrong about the Mike, the Mike McCarthy hiring. So, Mike Nolan may get pushed off a bridge at some point soon, but we'll see what happens. Another one that could be sneaky that I don't think is going to be the case, but Anthony Lynn, the Chargers, they've, been give, they've given up 417 points uh leads in the past four games or whatever so we got to look into that justin herbert has has been great and i'd imagine once that defense gets healthy everything will kind of come together but blowing leads might be a coach issue i mean i think doug marone is it's it's the, the countdown clock has been on all season and maybe next week i mean it they are starting another sixth round pick in jake luton because Gardner Minshew is out hurt. Gardner Minshew allegedly sort of hit an injury for the Jaguars training staff for a couple weeks. It's bad in Jacksonville. It's very, very bad in Jacksonville. And then let us know about Doug Peterson getting fired, sir. Why don't you drop that name? He does it again. He just sneaks away from his Eagles. Go ahead, Adnan. Tell us about Doug Peterson. Listen, Doug Peterson, there's a lot of scoring right now, and you're right. They should have hammered the Cowboys. Third-string quarterback Ben DiNucci or Don Finucci. They should have won that game. The fact that we've been losing 9-7 to at the half is embarrassing. Carson Wentz, turnover machine. Thank them in the second half. To your point earlier, just run the ball, man. The Cowboys' run defense is deplorable. Just give the ball to Boston Scott. Darren Sproles, 2.0. Let's win this thing. Travis Fulgham, thank them making some good plays at the wide-up position. But listen, Doug Peterson, right now you're 3-4-1 in the bye week. Yes, they're the first-place Eagles, and I think he's okay for this year, but it's getting a little dicey. The fact he's a statue outside the building, the link, him and Nick Foles, Philly special. <laughs> That statue may be in a little bit of jeopardy. One more here for you guys. Rapid fire question. Can anyone catch Russell Wilson for MVP? Here's the numbers. 26 passing touchdowns, the second most by any player in his team's first seven games. Brady had 27 touchdowns in 07 and one MVP. Vach, you love Russ, right? Let Russ cook. He's going to win MVP. Well, it's not just numbers. It's about wins and losses. So Russ has the numbers, but if he starts to lose, then we're going to look for the guy that has the numbers and, and that have been winning. You could take a guy like Kyler Murray who has similar numbers, maybe not up there, up there. But if Kyler wins more games than Russ, then it could go to him. It could, it's a wide open race right now. Yeah, look, I would vote for Russ if I had to today, but I look at Tom Brady. I look at who just who just signed with the Bucks and who's going to be on the field on Sunday. Uh, and I think Tom Brady is probably 1A as far as MVP projections for the rest of the season. Seriously. 
Yeah, we know projections are, can be flawed, certainly. When you look at the polls right now, the presidential elections, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden a blue wall comes out of nowhere and things could turn the tide. So Russ looks good for now in Seahawks blue, but we'll see how things shape up the rest of the year. All right, now it's time to talk some games. Let's kick it off in New Orleans and Tampa Bay. A huge matchup. Listen, Brady versus Breeze. These guys keep vacillating back and forth in terms of who's the overall leader. Most touchdown passes thrown, 560-plus. You focus on the quarterbacks for good reason, although Breeze, we all know he can't throw the ball down, feel like in the past are going to rely more on Alvin Kamara. Well, Tampa Bay, they allow the least amount of rushing yards in the NFL. So Kamara against the Bucks D, for me, is going to be an intriguing matchup. Vach, what are you most fired up about for this game? I care nothing about these quarterbacks. It's going to be defense, and it's going to be who's who's going to run the football. And I mean, we just it, started I mean, saying so, defense so it's a huge match because <laughs> it's a huge match because the the records and the division stuff and playoff ramifications, right? But I just saw Tom Brady have a shootout with Daniel Jones, almost lose to only win by two. And I understand Nick Foles is the goat. But Drew Brees was just in a shootout with him. You know what I mean? So, so like, have they done anything to impress me necessarily? No. Every time I'm almost ready, just about ready, this much ready to come on this show and say something nice about the Bucks, they do something terrible and I just want to take it all back and just refund all of my kindness. Right? So, yeah, it's an important game in terms of who's going to play where and division stuff like that. But these old men aren't consistent. And the defense... The Bucks defense is consistent. I will give them that. So can the Saints offense overcome that? Can Alvin overcome that? Sure. Let's see. But these old men, I'm not impressed with them. Again. Yeah, I've been yelling at Vach that, uh, you know, for the last 30 minutes we've been saying defense doesn't matter, and then both of us think defense matters in this game, right? I look at the Bucks <laughs> corners and safeties, the Bucks back end of that defense, and I say, old man breeze in a potential shootout. Yeah, I'm licking my chops if I'm those Bucks defensive backs who have played very well this season. And uh, as Todd Bowles, our defensive coordinator, likes to say, got a short memory, right? They, they don't know what they don't know in many senses of the term. I think if Drew Brees lets one of those little fluttery passes, if he if he leaves that too high, those Bucks, uh, those Bucks DBs are going to be going the other way for six points. All right, so you guys think it's going to be no country for old men. Well, how about Antonio Brown? The fact that he is in the mix now for the Buccaneers and Bruce Aaron saying, listen, it could be 10 plays, it could be 35. I wouldn't anticipate 60 plays for sure, but we'll see what goes. The fact that he's saying, I wouldn't anticipate 60 plays, Rich, he's going to be in there. Him and Mike Evans are going to try to make some magic here. Yeah, he's going to play a lot, particularly if Chris Godwin is out, as we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any doubt that he's going to play quite a bit in this game. So I think um, I think what the big matchup is is the uh, Saints DBs versus the Bucks wide receivers. If I can tell you anything about Marshawn Lattimore, right? I, he's super talented, but he only plays according to what his competition is, right? So if he decides to play really well and say, "Hey, I'm gonna go shut down Mike Evans today," Janoris Jenkins is gonna go over there and he's gonna he's gonna play his best against Antonio Brown. Then that'll be interesting to look at. But if it's a situation where Marcus is just kind of lulled, Marshawn Lattimore, pardon me where he's just kind of lulled into sleep and you just let Tom Brady and those wide receivers and those running backs and that tight end just kind of take over. I don't want to say it, but it's going to look like a Bucks W. All right, so that's the story when it comes to this game. Other good match to look forward to as well here. Baltimore and Indianapolis. This is Indianapolis' second-best rushing defense. They've got the sixth passing defense. Watch, you don't believe in Phillip Rivers in the offense, but you believe in this uh, Colts defense. How do you think they fare against Lamar Jackson and company coming off that loss against the Steelers? 
Well, this game is going to be a lot more interesting than what we think it is because, as we said earlier, when the Ravens run the football, that's when they're really good. The Colts' defense is kind of built to stop that. You know what I mean? So if we're going to force Lamar Jackson to throw something that he's not really good at, then let's kind of see what happens. But the inverse of that is we saw the Baltimore Ravens' defense play really well against one of the best offenses in the league. The Colts' offense is not one of the best offenses in the league. So is this going to be a defensive struggle? It could be. I'm not going to go... Uh, fantasy mode and say, hey, let's start all of our Ravens, you know what I'm saying, or just start all of my Colts or whatever. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to stay away from that game if I had to give fantasy football advice. So I want to say that the best quarterback wins. I want to say that. But Lamar Jackson may be the better player. He may be the better athlete. Is he the better quarterback? I don't know, but we'll see. I mean, I think it's sort of first team to 30 wins in this game, right? I, I don't think either of us think this game could even conceivably really be a shootout, so to speak. Uh, you know, the Colts defense, I, I'm not saying the Colts defense are not as good as we think they are, but I want to see them truly, truly tested uh, in the ways that the Ravens will test them with their run game. I'm very excited for this game. All right, one more game here to discuss. Miami and Arizona. Listen, to a tongue of Iowa, yes, victorious in his debut, but the numbers were uninspiring. About 50% completion, didn't even get 100 passing yards. It was a defense that stepped up big time for Brian Flores. Now you're going up against Arizona, and Kyler Murray, we all know, can put up some points. Richard, what are you fired up for on this one? Miami, Arizona, Kyler Murray versus Tua. Look, the young quarterback's obviously going to be a lot of fun, but I'm actually very interested in how Arizona's defense holds up against Tua and the Dolphins' offense, right? We saw... Uh, that the, the Cardinals were doing some really cool things on defense against the Seahawks, particularly with some of their like 065 personnel packages. We don't even have a down lineman on the field on third down situations when they really need to get a stop. How do they confuse Tua? And, and you know, this could be Tua's welcome to the NFL game yet again. You know, I know mm -hmm. he, he had a very intimate meeting with Aaron Donald last week. He may have another welcome to the NFL moment uh, against this Cardinals defense. Surprisingly sort of ready for it are the Cardinals on defense. So we talked about the league being Big 12 football. I think this is going to be an example of it. So the big problem with that is, yeah, the Dolphins may have the better defense, but can Tua put the points up? And if we know Kyler Murray, it doesn't matter the defense that he's playing up against. It, it, it takes a truly elite defense, I would say, to shut him down. I don't think the Dolphins have that. They're a pretty good defense. But, you know, if you're not ready to put up 35 to 40 points with Kyler Murray, then you don't stand a chance. So the question is, can Tua Tonga-Valoa put up 35 to 40 points? I don't think he can, so I'm going. Cardinals. No, that sounds like a lot of points. Another good game to look forward to is Seattle Buffalo. Lots of great games. In fact, that's where you've got to get red zone on the zone. Seven hours of uninterrupted football. All that great action coming your way. And again, to reiterate, when it comes to the big game of the weekend, we all know it's going to be Brady and the Buccaneers against Breeze and the Saints. And the zone's got a terrific feature, in fact, focusing on both those quarterbacks going by the numbers. I voiced that together. So hopefully you can check that out on DAZN. And as always, the Rookie Diaries, where we talk to Chase Claypool, so far having a marvelous season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can check that out once again on DAZN. And as the fantasy football season is coming down at the wire, we all know you can use a helping hand. Well, Wesley Chang and Steven Sohoyos are there to offer you that helping hand as you can check out the lineup. They always do a fantastic job as they've got you covered there. For Richard Johnson and Vach Lombardi, I'm Adnan Burke. Thank you so much for giving your vote to more football. We'll see you next time.